Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fitness Retention Podcast. Today we've got an excellent episode with Travis Barnes, founder of the Journey Fitness franchise. This is one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded so far because Travis's story is unlike anybody else's story that we've had on the show. He's very open about it, and one of the main things that really struck me as unique about this story is that a lot of what Travis learned about operations and about running a business, he learned while he was serving a jail sentence. Just an incredible story and also an incredible guy to overcome some of the obstacles that he's overcome and now be operating a fitness business with multiple locations that is franchising and is uber successful. So I hope you enjoy this episode, not only from a operations standpoint and a fitness standpoint, but also from kind of like a a life standpoint, because that's where I got the most value out of it. As always, if you're interested in working together, shoot me an email at A-G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. That's A-G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Here is Travis Barnes of Journey Fitness. The Fitness Retention Podcast would like to welcome Travis Barnes, CEO of Journey Fitness Franchise. What's up, Travis? Well, uh, just an honor to be here today. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Thank you. Of course. Um, and I know you are off to a trade show. You're speaking, you're presenting, you're franchising, you're doing a lot of stuff. For the people who may not know you or may not be familiar with you and your work, can you give a little bit of a background about your life? And I'll be cheesy here and say your journey into um, franchising or starting a franchise? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh- you know, the first thing I like to do is, you know, I'm an open book. There's a book called Journey Fitness on Amazon.com. And I like to inspire people by just sharing my struggle that it took to open up Journey. I started fitness in 1996, and I was everything from a Swiss ball instructor to a spin instructor to a trainer to a program director, a manager, whatever. I've done it all, and now I'm franchising. But before we started our business, it became a franchise. I had to overcome a decade of incarceration. That means I took a wayward path at one point, and that meant that I wound up training people for tunas and stamps. <laughs> for those who don't know, that's prison commissary. That's, uh, that's how you get paid in prison for your duties, you know? But, uh, you know, my adversity became my advantage, and I like to share that with people. It definitely made me stronger. It's an important part of who I am. And I know that there might be listeners that are like, you know, looking to make that next step, but they're like, oh, I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough connections. And I just want to tell you that I started Journey Fitness after a decade of incarceration on an unemployment check uh, with a house that had been flooded to the second floor, living in a FEMA trailer. So hopefully my message is this. If you're thinking about making the next move and you're just not sure and you keep on waiting for the perfect time, there's never going to be a perfect time. But if I can do it with all that, you can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, that's inspirational and a lot more adversity than your average person faces. Yeah. So 
how do you go from living out of a FEMA trailer with a flooded house on a welfare check to now owning gyms and taking 18 of your team to a big conference and a conference that you're speaking at? What's, what's the path? And, you know, I think here it is. You know, all of us struggle. That's what we all have in common. And for me, my adversity was my advantage. I, when I was in prison, just a little bit more detail about that, I developed a skill for systems. I was looking to have a job that would allow me to take care of myself. And there was this federal furniture factory. You got to wait like a year on a waiting list to get in there. And if you get one of the top grade positions, you can make up to like a dollar an hour. And if you work uh, 15 hours a day, you're making $2 an hour. So this not only allowed me to take care of myself in there, but also allowed me to send a couple hundred dollars home a month. But here was my secret to being able to get that job. There was a person who had been there 20 years in this one department, and they were really worried. His name was Ryan, and Ryan was going home. And they were really worried about Ryan going home because nobody knew how to do what he'd been doing for the factory for so long. And I said, can I sit beside him and write down what it is that he does? Mm -hmm. I knew that was going to give me that dollar an hour position. So, I mean, I was creating screenshots and step-by-step -step instructions. And, of course, I got his position when he went home, and I was able to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Then here's what happened. That thing that I learned to do in prison, my first gym job when I came home, I was hired in a very chaotic company. This company, uh, nobody did anything the same way. Nobody opened the same way. Nobody closed the same way. Nobody answered the phone the same way. I didn't even know who to follow. I'm like, who's going to be my mentor? Because everybody's doing something different here. And we had one of those managers that was always gone. Like the owner called for him. Uh, the manager's name was Brian. And it'd be like, is Brian there? And we look around and Brian wasn't. So I could see the writing on the wall. And I was like, okay, so Brian's probably not going to be here very long. They keep expecting him to be here. And when we answer the phone, he's not. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to put in for the manager's job. You know, you come home after a decade of incarceration. First, you're wondering if anybody will even hire you. But then you got to have this belief in yourself that you can be more and do more. And so I was like, you know, if this job's ever open, you know, here's my application. Mm -hmm. And so I met with that owner a couple, three times, and I knew he was going to give me the job. I couldn't even go to sleep the night that I was like, oh, man, I just met with this guy. I know he's really going to give me this job because he had let go of Brian as anticipated. You got to show up to work if you want to keep your job. And, uh, and so then the first thing that I did for him is start to systemize his business. I started writing down what are the best practices and why don't we all agree as a team that we will follow this best practice for opening, for answering the phone. And so I grew him from one location to five locations and I was made his chief operations officer and then he eventually had a vision to where he wanted to be the face of his own company. Mm -hmm. Good for him. At first I thought it was bad for me, but it allowed me to start journey. And what did I start journey with? A playbook of systems called an operations manual. I turned my adversity into an advantage because back then in prison, I was systemizing things. I systemized things for that person. I said, why not systemize things for myself? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just kind of a, how did I get here? How did I get here? Well, you know, I got here because I developed a skill set for systemizing. And system stands for save yourself some time, energy, and money. If you put systems into your business, you can become a franchise. I actually really like that acronym, and I've never heard it before. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that's what we got to think about. Like, you know, we run around trying to do everything ourselves. You are the most important system that you have in your business. And if you take time to write it down and teach it to others, you won't have to do so much yourself. You could even franchise. Save yourself yeah. time, energy, money. Yeah, save yourself some time, energy, and money. I heard someone say it the other day, save yourself 
stress, time, energy, and money. So there's two different ways to say that acronym, but uh, you know, whatever speaks to you. It reminds me of, I don't know if it's a Warren Buffett, but you sitting next to um, the other gentleman um, who had been there for 20 years, reminds me of one of my favorite ways of thinking about things, and that's if you sit next to the smartest kid in school, you're cheating. If you sit next to the smartest person at work, you're learning. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Funny how things change after we get out of the school and get into the job force, but that's the truth. Right. A, you know, that was a great learning opportunity for me. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your business now. And this is the Fitness Retention Podcast. So we're going to transition a little bit about or a little bit to retention. So tell me about your business and then tell me about why retention is important to you and, and kind of what you do to proactively address retention. Okay. Uh, so our business is exclusively a group training mm -hmm. uh, and we do group training through functional fitness. A lot of uh, what's going on nowadays, you know, the TRX and the kettlebells and the things like that, that really help people to focus on mastering their own body weight, right? Make your body machine. But here's a little Travism. My Travism is this. When you can train the group, like you train the individual, then you earn the group. I feel like there's not a lot of people out there nowadays that are actually earning the group. Mm -hmm. You know, too often you have... Uh, people get lost in the shuffle. They don't know anybody's name. They don't know anybody's goals. And so these things are, are very difficult um, for people, you know, as far as just being able to retain people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, plus they promised them a coaching experience. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, coaching experience doesn't really happen unless you are actually taking time to learn people's names. Uh, for me, what does it mean to train the group like we would train the individual? That means people are getting weighed in weekly. That means people are getting help with nutrition. It means they're really known for who they are. They're customized. Uh, the program is customized for them. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you know, we celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, important weight loss milestones, things that you would get from a one-on-one -on -one experience, but that you're getting in a group. Mm -hmm. So that's the journey. That is the goal of journey, to have people share the cost of a coach in a group setting, but make sure they still get everything that it really means to have a coach, somebody really celebrating you. Hmm. So how do you how do you slice off time or create time to handle all of those things that you would consider to be like the attention that a person would normally get in a coaching session? How do you slice off the time to do that in a group setting? That's really a good question. A lot of our industry has gone towards shorter sessions. They've gone towards like the 30-minute session or whatnot. We have 90-minute sessions, but what we do is we put – the first half hour, like on a Monday and a Tuesday, we purposely put our weigh-in days right after the weekend because we want people to be accountable through the weekend. And so uh, we put our weigh-in days right there on Monday and Tuesday, but we had this, got this half-hour time block right before the workout to say, come weigh in, turn in your food journal, um, set a goal, you know, update your goal with the coach. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, we give them back their food journal, and we actually have a nutritional presentation to give them new nutritional information and get them back their food journal and help arm them with new information so that they can be successful. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways that we do it is just by allotting that time for people to come way in before the workout. And then every six weeks, we actually do performance testing. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the workout plan to where like they'll be tested in performance and they record what they did on their slips. And we have a great graph through uh, Body Evolver. I believe you had him as a guest on your show, Mike D'Angelo. So shout out to him. Yep. We're able to track their performance, put a line graph in there, and then that way they can see, wow, I did 
uh, 10 push-ups in a minute last time, and now I'm doing 30 push-ups. I'm, you know, 300% stronger. How cool is this? So we have graphs of their weight loss, their uh, body fat, their circumference measurements, their performance. So these are, the, these are the ways we do it. We actually build it into the workout. And while the rest of the industry is saying, how can we you know, turn people over faster and do half-hour sessions? And no doubt, they're not getting a lot of like that coaching aspect. We've gone to 90 minutes. Our workouts are only 54, but there's that half hour to get that time in with a coach. Hmm. I really like that. Yeah, I think that you have to just uh, say, what's the rest of the industry doing and does this make sense? If I want to train the group like I train the individual, can I do it in 30 minutes? Like, I mean, if I, I know some people that do 30-minute sessions and they don't let anybody come in four minutes late. They're like, oh, well, you're too late to even, you know, uh, be caught up in the workout. What about all that coaching that we promised? We said, oh, you're going to have a coach in a group setting. Well, what does that mean? It means that I should know your name, know your goal, customize the program, and actually have time to meet with you and update your goal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in 30 minutes. So we're kind of we're a little bit um, opposite of where a lot of the trend is going right now. So you kind of zag while everybody else is zigging. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say so. And that's the thing. You know, we have big goals here, not only goals for our clients, but goals also to change the way that fitness is being done. You know, fitness is um, – it's good that we're going towards a group trend, but it's not good if we lose people in the shuffle. It's yeah. not good if we promise them coaching and don't give them coaching. So I, I know you can accomplish a lot in 30 minutes. I think they're great workouts, but you can't accomplish all the coaching aspects unless you allot time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And even if you look at like a, a model like a CrossFit gym, and you look what happens before and after the class, people come and hang out. And that means they're craving the community and they're craving probably a little bit of extra coaching too. So you're, I mean, all you have to do is observe what customers are doing and then try to like, they're there. They're not paying extra to be there early or paying extra to be there late. So it makes sense to build a program that naturally um, caters to their desires or needs to spend more time in your gym. Really great point, Alex. You know, if we asked anybody that's listened to this podcast right now, what's one of the words that they would use to describe their business? They would say community. You know, we got a great community. However, when you find out that you have a great community, when you find out that you're people's third stop, right? There's home, there's work, and then there's you. What are you doing to really foster that community? The fact that they're showing up early means they want more FaceTime with a coach. So give it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, excuse me, a little voice crack there. Um, so talk to me a little bit about retention. Um, how do you get ahead of retention or how do you kind of overcome some of the challenges that most gyms with your model might face? Yes, absolutely. Um, and so we have these three R's. We believe that relationships produce results, which produces retention. Mm -hmm. Those are our three R's, relationships, results, retention. How do you form relationships with people? John Maxwell calls this actually level two leadership. As coaches, we're leaders. We actually get to take people on a path, on a journey, and we get to take them from where they're at to where they want to be. But we have to establish a relationship where it says, you know, I like you. I trust you to lead me. Not just I'm going to follow you because your name is coach so-and-so, you know. I'm going to follow you because you've actually established a relationship with me. So here's how we do it. There's lots of different ways, you know, if you listen to the how to win friends and influence people, they'll tell you that the sweetest word in the English language is a person's name. Yep. So, of course, we learn their name. We have a customer care list to where we 
know at the start of each session, it's right up there by the stereo, right up there by where we're firing up the music. It says, hey, this person's birthday today, this person's anniversary today, this person just achieved 20 pounds weight loss, and we celebrate them. Mm -hmm. Many people are about weight loss. 80% of people that come to us are looking for weight loss. But do you establish that you're so much about weight loss to where you celebrate people if they achieve 20 pounds of weight loss? We hang a medal around your neck. We figure if you get a medal around your neck for a 20-minute 5K or maybe it takes you 40 minutes, I don't know. But if you get a medal for that, you sure get a medal for the 20 pounds it took you, you know, a couple of months conceivably to lose, right? So we, we put a medal around their neck for 20, 50, even 100 pounds. They get a special trophy because we've had a lot of 100-pounders in our club. So that's one of the ways that we retain people is that we celebrate them. Mm -hmm. If they have a long-term goal, they go on our wall of fame. A wall of fame is kind of like being inducted into the Hall of Fame. You get a little poster, and the poster shows your before and after pictures. I hope that all the listeners are taking before pictures. And when your client achieves your long-term goal, let's take an after picture. It's a great marketing piece. Put a little bio up there. Have a wall of fame. Interesting thing happens. They bring non-members in to see their poster. And I'm like, great. That's when we learned that we should give them a pay-it-forward month. Mm -hmm. So we pay forward with that. But beyond those things, those simple customer care aspects of really knowing people and really giving them that coaching experience, we have a five-by-five. Five-by-five, we know that our coaches are going to have downtime. So this is what we ask them to do in their downtime. We're like, you know, write five notes to a client. Text five people today and tell them that they did a great job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond that, you know, it's like invite five people to an upcoming fitness challenge. Mm -hmm. We get together with our community outside the walls of Journey. Every month we put out a 5K or a 10K or an obstacle course that's going on in our area. We invite them to travel with us. And we have our, it's part of our philosophy to have our coaches at their side as they accomplish something for the first time that they've never done before or something in a long time. And, and we're taking pictures throughout the race and we're crossing the finish line with them. It's not like the coach just takes off and sees how fast they can do it. Mm-hmm. So we invite five people to an upcoming fitness challenge. That's something that really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond that, five MIA reach outs. I think that if we're actually going to give people a coaching experience, if you were doing one-on-one, you'd notice if your client wasn't there, right? You'd say, oh, man, I'm probably not getting paid today because the one client didn't show up. But how about if they don't show up in the group? Do you have a way to track that? We call it our MIA report. That's our missing in action report. Mm -hmm. And we will contact them and make a plan to make sure they're staying on track. And if they come up missing too much, we actually have a fitness emergency program. We will, in a loving way, go look for this client. We're going to be like, okay, you know, uh, we haven't uh, seen this client for a little while, so we're going to remind them that we are a partner in the process. We care about their goals. So we might show up at their work. We might show up at their house. Uh, (laughs) If we show up at their house and they're not there, we leave a note on the door. You've been found to be MIA. We care about your goals. We want to make a plan to get you back on track. You know, uh, forgive yourself if you've fallen off the journey. Let's just make a plan to get you back on track. You know, that kind of thing. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, just simple stuff like, um, you know, maybe, maybe there's like a client that you've lost connection with. If you've lost connection with a client, you probably have about five texts that you can send to just say, it's almost like an apology, but we don't have to apologize. We can just say, hey, I feel like, you know, our schedules haven't been aligning and, uh, you know, I just wanted to check in on you and see how we can, you know, connect sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have our coaches invite five people to coffee. You know, just really taking time to just say, a lot of us are busy, but how can I be accomplished today? 
You'll be accomplished today if you connect with people. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And that might sound cliche, but if you really want to develop a coaching relationship with somebody, they're going to have to have that heart-to-heart connection. And they feel that heart-to-heart connection when you start to do things like that. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot in there that I want to dive into. Um, But because you mentioned you're such a systems person, I imagine that some of this, like the setup for some of these things has to be automated, right? Like you're not going through and saying, oh, it's these three person's birthday today in the spreadsheet. You have something that does that for you. And same thing with maybe weight loss. And so can you talk to me about how you systemize some of these things? Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the number one ways that we systemize things, uh, especially when it comes to caring for the group, is to have tribes. Tribes is important. Uh, Cindy and I, Cindy's my wife and business partner. We started this business and uh, the first day we had 14 people join, you know, when we were starting out and we were going to need a lot more than 14 people, but we always felt challenged as we grew to say, how can we care for the 1200 now? Like we cared for the original 14. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that each location, each coach needs to have a tribe. Mm-hmm. So we have reports that we run every Tuesday that lets people know, Hey, this person in your tribe, uh, might have needed a freeze for this reason. It's, it's automated, it's populated. Hey, this person in your tribe is coming up for expiration. Let's talk to them about renewing their agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, this person in your tribe hasn't been in for a while, so send out five of those MIA texts or whatever, you know, if, if you have five different people in your tribe that haven't been in. And so we do these reports every Tuesday before our meeting, and then it's distributed. So it's not like, hey, who's going to contact this person, you know, and, of course, the customer care list is also updated. That's updated every Wednesday. And we look, we have a system to see, this is how our coaches are scored. Hmm. Are your initials making it onto our customer care list where you're crossing off names and putting your initials there? Because we want to know that you know people's names and we want to know that you're doing your part to celebrate people's birthdays, anniversaries, uh, weight loss milestones. So I would say tribes, our customer care list, it's automated. Uh, the reports that come out before the Tuesday meeting, so then that way we can highlight people in the tribes for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are a couple of our really good systems that just help us stay on track with that. So I have two questions to follow up um, after that. So what software do you use to accomplish that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we use ASF software. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, we actually have people check in with a fingerprint, mm-hmm. so that makes it really easy to track their attendance. So the ASF will give us things like expiration. It will give us attendance records and things such as that. We also use Body Evolver software. Uh, you know, that was Mike D'Angelo who we mentioned earlier. But the Body Evolver lets us know about those important weight loss milestones. And in addition, Body Evolver has a Know Your Clients report. That's something that Mike and I partnered on to create for our business because I used to, before I had this um, – the body evolver, I, I tried to store pictures in Excel, which is a real mistake, right? That doesn't sort, it crashes, right? But I, I knew from the beginning, I'm like, I want to know right next to the name. I want to see their face. I want to know their goal. I want to know their limitations. I want to know, you know, uh, you know, what kind of progress they're making. Mm-hmm. And so we created this report and all of our coaches study it. In fact, once a month, we have a good system called 25 for 25. If you can list 25 of those names if you can say oh i know all 25 of these people you know we have a little 25 dollar reward to a local restaurant uh, but just little things to just you know keep that 
uh, keep the names in front of people's face. So those two softwares really work good together, Body Evolver and ASF to track attendance and expiration and weight loss milestones, and birthdays, and anniversaries, and those kind of things. So then, I mean, that, that's awesome. And I actually met someone from ASF um, down at Ursa a couple of weeks ago, so I might be following up with him after that recommendation. Um, okay, so one other question that is just kind of off the cuff here. What would you say is the difference between customer satisfaction and customer care? Customer satisfaction and customer care. You know, I'm going to uh, shout out a couple of really good books right now. Uh, Ken Blanchard's Raving Fans, mm -hmm. Zombie Loyalist by Peter Shankman. Mm -hmm. I think when we talk about customers being satisfied or really caring for your customers, we're talking about the difference between good and great. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the difference between just doing the basics or do you want to stand out? We're in these modern times where people are like, you know, talking to Alexa and it's like, you know, hey, Alexa, you know, give me the name of a fitness center. If you want to be asked for by name, you got to stand out. And that comes from extraordinary customer service. In the book Zombie Loyalist, they use the acronym BRAINS. And they say, bring random amazement into normal situations. That's how the acronym gets used. And how do we do it? Well, one of the things is, of course, some of the typical things that are probably happening in the listeners, uh, you know, sessions is, you know, they're greeted by name, they're coached through the session by name, their workout's better than it would have been on their own, they're thanked for their visit. But what if you were walking them to the door and you saw that it was raining outside and you had an umbrella next to the door and you walked them to their car? Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that people go and tell 10 people about. You know, when they get a medal hung around their neck uh, and they get to take it home and make a little post to Facebook, that's something that they're telling their whole community, whoever is watching their post about. Mm -hmm. So I think that the difference between customer satisfaction and customer care is really putting systems in your business where it really shows that you care. And then you're going to stand out. You're going to be like, wow, Journey's like talking about my business. It's like any other place. I, you know, I've never been to a place like that, right? You know, it's unlike any other place that I've been. And that's, a, that's what the listeners could accomplish, too, if they just thought, well, how can we have these little celebrations? What is it that we can do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big difference. You know, that's what comes to mind. That's why I call it my customer care list. I'm not looking to satisfy people. This is, my, this is not my customer satisfaction list. Did we do the basics today? This is my customer care list. This is how we're going to create raving fans today. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important distinction between, like, satisfaction is what people expect. Mm -hmm. and care is obviously the level above that um yeah. i think zig ziglar said over deliver in all you do and then eventually the extra will be rewarded right you know and so that's the idea you know how do you over deliver it's the customer care i think mm -hmm. yeah and like another thing about that is like just be a human yeah <laughs> well, i know you just said zombie zombie ra raving zombies or whatever but if you just think about like, what would I like someone to do to me? Mm -hmm. It's not crazy difficult to improve someone's day. Yeah, that human touch, that human touch, absolutely. Yeah, okay, so um, getting to some of the bigger questions on the show, um, what is something that every fitness brand, gym, club, whatever, could do starting tomorrow to have the long-term effect of making more money? Every club tomorrow, I'm going to give away, um, this is probably a $100,000 idea right here. Okay. Many of us that are in fitness get asked to take part in health fairs. 
Mm-hmm. And the typical health fair scenario looks like this. I come, I have a table, it's got my logo there, I got some swag. Maybe people come over and they get their body fat measured. And I think that you have to realize how important you are. Mm-hmm. I think that fit pros are the greatest health professional in the world because mm-hmm. there's people dying from preventable, curable diseases like high blood pressure and heart disease and uh, type 2 diabetes. And we get to come in with diet and exercise and actually cure that for them, mm-hmm. cure that for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm coming to a health fair, I'm coming to change the whole company. And what I mean by that is I come there, like as soon as they contact me, I'm like, I'd like to take this a step further. How about if I did a corporate challenge for your company where you have 21 days of team building and it will be a weight loss challenge. And what winds up happening when I go to a health fair, uh, like for example, one of our biggest ones is we did a health fair at a hospital and we brought in 150 prospective members. Mm-hmm. We created over 60%. I believe our percentage was like 72, 73%. Our goal is always 60%. But how much would that change your business? If you were able to bring in, you know, 100 people, convert 70, uh, if you've got an annual agreement that's worth $2,000, then if you got 70 new people, you got a $140,000 idea. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, it's like it's about having that info ready and ready to go, the 21-day challenge flyer, um, just info about it, explaining to them the benefits of working with us and how we've seen benefits of how the team building has worked out well and the after effects of less absenteeism, having people more present in the workplace, uh, a lot of different things that we're able to do for a company. And we feel if we change a company, we can change the community, and we can change the community, the city, the state, the world, right? So I feel like we have this really uh, overlooked thing, especially nowadays, everybody's getting on Facebook and like, oh, can I do a Facebook ad and get people through my door? Well, don't forget, you got influencers in your community, and they're putting on health fairs, and they want you to come, and you need to explain to them that you're not coming to, t- to test body fat. You're coming to change that whole company and make everybody healthier. Hmm. And they'll like it. They'll like it because they're working on wellness points for their company and all those kind of things. Yeah, and if you get 70 people from a huge hospital, what do you think they're going to be talking about, at least passively, with all of their coworkers? Absolutely. Yeah, 70 is just the beginning. After that, you're getting patients from the doctors, you're getting their colleagues, you're getting and just everybody, their family, yeah. friends. Yeah. That's really smart. Um, okay, how about same question? What is something that every fitness business or gym can do starting tomorrow to save time? And I know you're going to say systemize. But maybe, maybe I'll take a step further, but that is the truth, yeah. Action tips to get these systems up and running quicker. Uh, if that's what you were going to say, if it's not what you were going to say, give me something completely different. 100% that's what I'm going to say because I feel like, and we're not alone as fit pros, we're not the only one that's passionate in starting a business without an operations manual. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a statistic that like 80% of small businesses do not have an operations manual. Also interesting in that is 80% of small businesses fail yeah. within the first year and 80% of franchises succeed and it's not because, you know, of their special brand recognition. It's because they got a playbook of systems. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you my FitBiz acronym to help people start to look at what they can systemize. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, the F in FitBiz, figure out your organizational structure. And it doesn't matter who the CEO is. Organizational structure is identifying the functions in your business and making one person accountable. Because if more than one person's accountable, no one's accountable. So let's identify our functions, get everybody there. Invest in our talent. 
-hmm. We want things to be consistent. Many times a fit pro will turn a session over to a new trainer and then they'll ask the customers for feedback. The clients will say, oh, it was okay, but it wasn't quite like you do it. Mm -hmm. What a customer is really saying there is that you don't have to do every session, but you do need to keep their sessions consistent. You are the most important system that you have in your business. If you are somebody that started out as an owner operator, building up so much clientele that you needed to expand your business. So write down what it is that you do at our business. We call it an extraordinary trainer checklist. It's how you prepare right down to the cold towel that we give out at the end. And we do take a cold towel right out of the freezer and put it around people's necks. And they're like, I'm just here for the cold towel. I would just, after you work hard, you get a cold one, you know, I mean, <laughs> whatever. And then the T, tailor your marketing. Uh, tailor your marketing. Those are very important systems. Uh, behind me right here is our annual marketing calendar. Uh -huh. And having a plan is planning to fail. We can't wing these kind of things. We got to look out and really identify who we're trying to speak to and really tailor our marketing to who our avatars are. Mm -hmm. uh, B is for boost your sales. So we have... Uh, phone scripts. We have sales tours that are systemized. If you're cringing in your business when someone else answers the phone or gives a tour, it's your fault that you're cringing because you, know, you really need to you know, teach people, this is what I want you to collect when you answer the phone. This is where I want you to go with the sales tour and those kind of things. And then I initiate operations. Just like that story that I told where I was sitting beside somebody and taking screenshots and taking notes. How about the office people? Like when it comes to entering a contract, you don't have to be doing that. In fact, that's $15 an hour work and the people that are listening are more than likely, uh, they should be doing $150 an hour work or $1,500 an hour work. And so if you can just systemize some of these operations as simple as entering a contract with, you know, just open up to page 42 and it'll show you step-by-step step where to go, uh, very important. And finally, the Z, zip up your financials. It should not be a surprise what your P&L looks like. You know, I mean, you should be like already in tune with that. Maybe you were looking at a KPI report throughout the month, but then you had budget numbers. This is our budget for marketing. I like to say 5% or $1,000, depending on your revenue, you should be spending at least $1,000 to be getting people in. Uh, for us, because of group training, we keep our compensation to 40%, but just knowing things and, and setting goals for whether they be periodic expenses or variable expenses, just uh, looking ahead and adjusting to those, having systems for all these things in your Fitbiz is what's gonna save you energy, what's gonna save you money, save you stress and time, very important. Can you run through that acronym again, please? Just like the, what they actually stand for? Sure, so the F in Fitbiz is figure out your, organ your organizational structure. And then the I in Fitbiz is invest in your talent. And then the T in Fitbiz is tailor your marketing. Mm -hmm. The B in Fitbiz is boost your sales. The I and the second I in Fitbiz is initiate operations. And the Z is zip up your financials. Those are all the systems that you need in a well-oiled Fitbiz machine. Bada bing, bada boom. There it is. <laughs> um, okay, second to last question here. Besides the book, that you, books that you already mentioned, what's a book that you've read recently that had a big impact on you and why? Mm. Jay Bear, Hug Your Haters was a really good one. Hmm. Uh, am I, can I do two? <laughs> you can. I love, books are my passion. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're a leader, you need to be a reader. So uh, for Jay Bear, in Hug Your Haters, it just talks how we have to respond to our customers through every channel, every time. 
talks mm-hmm. about customer service being the foundation of marketing. Often we're trying to market our services, but are we looking at this customer care, this extraordinary retention systems is already being identified as the foundation of our marketing. Mm-hmm. What goes hand in hand with that is the referral engine. So the referral engine is a book, um, I'm trying to think of the author right now, but the referral engine, it talks about how 60% of our business, of our leads, should come from referrals. And those referrals are not only our customers, but our strategic partners. So I've learned a lot with that book just to say, okay, are we doing a good job? It's one thing to reach out to another business and shake their hand at a chamber event or maybe even have a business of the month. But are you partnering with them in such a way to where you put on co co-hosted workshops and yeah, their customers get their eyeballs on you and you get uh, your customers to put their eyeballs on them and uh, maybe doing guest blogs on each other's sites and just different things, really fully taking advantage of what it means to have a strategic partner so that you are top of mind when these other business owners that are asked for recommendations say, oh yeah, I know where you should go. You should go to Germany yep. because it's such a relationship. So the strategic partner thing has been big for us from referral engine. And then the hug your haters, making sure we're responding to every customer through every channel, every time, and making sure that we take a bad situation and make it good. Very Awesome. Um, I actually haven't read either of those, so I will order this. Yeah. Uh, You'll have to let me know what you think. What's that? You'll have to let me know what you think. Will do. Um, Last question here, Travis. How can people learn more about you and Journey Fitness and the potential franchise opportunity? Great. Um, TravisBarnes.com. You can go to TravisBarnes.com or you can go to Journey333Fitness.com and then you will see our business on display. We also have Facebook's uh, Journey Fitness as well. They can email me if they would like. Uh, the simplest email is Travis4Fitness at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, you know, I'm always happy to help my fellow fit pros, my community of like-minded kindred spirits and you know, make sure to help them out. Awesome. Well, um, Travis, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I know you're taking 18 people out to a conference right now and you squeezed me in. So I really appreciate it. And thank you for opening up a little bit about your, um, your path to where you are now. Not everybody gets into the personal side, but, but your story and your path is really compelling. So I just want to say thank you for, for opening up and, and offering that because it does add a lot of color to or context to exactly where you are now. Um, yeah. Thank you. It's been an honor to be on your show. You're doing awesome things. Thank you for what you're doing to put content out to our industry and uh, also taking 18 people to conference that goes under investing your talent. That's what flies in fitness. <laughs> yeah. Hey, amen. Practice what you preach. That's right. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Travis. Have safe travels and we will talk soon. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. See ya. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up my episode with Travis Barnes. I hope you really enjoyed that one because I know I sure did. And lastly, if you know anybody that you think would be a great guest on the Fitness Retention Podcast, send them my way. Link us up. Connect us, please. I am always looking for awesome guests. As you can tell, if you've been listening, I've had a lot of really smart people on the show, and I would like to continue to do so. And it's made all the more efficient if those people are referred to 
um, by other smart people. So keep the referrals coming in. I really appreciate them and it really just opens my eyes and hopefully the audience eyes as to the kind of people that we should be talking to and learning from. This is a great example. Travis uh, was referred to me as a, as a guest on the show from one of my previous guests. And look at that. Now we're connected and we can bounce ideas off each other. So shoot me an email at A-G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. That's A-G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N at gmail.com if you know someone or if you would like to be on the show. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Adios.